0: It's Monday, October fifth, twenty twenty, and you're listening to episode five fifty two of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is one hour and four minutes. Welcome to Fear the
1: Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad, and I'm Blowdoor <laughs>
2: Broder. When are you gonna do a game notes for me?
1: You know, it's funny, Wayne. I I was actually thinking about that. So. As vain as this is going to sound, I've been listening to episodes here and there of Game Notes to try to get a voice for Game Notes because I know exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about getting chocolate in my peanut butter and vice versa because apropos for this conversation, I'm working on the first AP for my website, GoInfo.org, and we're doing a military game but I'm putting a spin on a game where I'm going to get a little bit of uh, peanut butter and things. So I'm pretty stoked about it. So yeah, soon maybe... I feel like this whole segment was spoken in code that i don't have the code i before. was
3: weirdly nervous the whole time
1: too <laughs> yeah.
3: i was
0: just uh, waiting uh, for, for, it, waiting yeah, for the, it
2: for the tapestry of profanity to descend yeah, i was and, just
0: waiting for something else to get added yeah, to the he's no talking list. about
2: peanut butter and not even talking about dogs i mean i so <laughs> there's a there's i a, expected so, something far worse so chad has mm-hmm. proselytized
1: blades of the dark yeah, right. And John Harper's game. So strash something or other whose name I'm not going to pronounce. He wrote a game based on the Blades in the Dark engine or Forged mm-hmm. in the Dark called Band of Blades, which is yep. basically a black company, but actually interesting. <laughs> and wow, <laughs> my buddies and I are playing it. We recorded four episodes of the AP, but they never saw the light of day because from episode one, session one. I want this game to be 40K. I love the bleak, ugly, hideous, constantly in route you know, the objective is to escape and get back to this one point of operation to defend against the enemy. And I was like, I have to play this with Astro Militarum during some terrible warp catastrophe. Well, 40k universe has had a terrible warp catastrophe. The Imperium has been rent asunder, split in two, and the latest edition of 40k came out. So I was like, f*** it. So I've been doing a ton of research on 40k, but also watching actual plays of this game so I can get the proverbial peanut butter in my chocolate.
2: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that so, was all very professional and talking. Yeah, about, it was. What happened to the broder we know? And it's love? like he has this professional website and service. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, I guess the, the problem that I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into that website. I just, I just it's goinfo.org. Yeah. All so right. I I just want to I just want to be adored. That's what I really <laughs> want. What I really really need. I am such a small, pathetic, petty, sad little person that what I need is I need to open my libs and stats. And I just need to see him rise. That's all I need. Are to you be, asking for pity, listeners? To be a, listen, I'm an abject whore, Chad. I don't. I don't care if you actually listen. I need stats. I just need raw data to sell to advertisers. That's what I need. Just download. Don't have to listen. <laughs> Now, Fair if you a- <laughs> if you actually care and you're interested, uh, I would there recommend- is actual content. There is actual yes. content. I've dropped twelve episodes of my interview show Why We Game. Mm-hmm. I've talked. So to this a- is
3: a podcast that you do interviews of. Yes, it's people.
1: me Brodor as Brodor mm-hmm. interviewing people who are gamers who became game professionals. Dan gotcha. has been on it. His brother has been on it. I mm-hmm. intend for you guys to be on it at some oh. point here and there. I would love to. I would love to get all the principal fear the boot hosts, but yeah, except actually- for Hussy. Yeah. yeah, well, see, he's a vile, creepy, sort <laughs> of mummy-looking creature. I've, I'm frightened. No,
2: I'm kidding. I yeah. love Chris. Hassia uh, sent me two Game Notes episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, I haven't listened to either of those.
2: <laughs> well, I've only released one of them.
1: But. I listened to Dan because it's, it's going to sound so fucking hacky, but he's so good. I mean, when he's on, he is on, and he was on that episode of Game Notes for sure.
2: It was really good it was the easiest episode to edit out of all of them I've ever edited because Dan has done so much editing right. that when he talks, he talks in a way where you can cut things out without it you know, sounding weird. You can move things around. It is so easy to edit <laughs> Dan compared to me or Chad or Hussey or anyone else I've edited.
0: Yeah, it's the difference between the way you take care of a rental car or a house when you're a kid.
1: Look, you can see it on the screen. Look at the look at those beautiful, clean breaks between his words. Yeah, Brodor's pointing at the audacity yep. sound. And and mine is just this sloppy, erratic. It's like how I. F- <laughs> it's <just this> ugly, <laughs> there we go. There dramatic, it is. frenetic, yep. erratic thing yep. that I doesn't make yep. any sense. But someone's satisfied. I don't know who. I mean, <laughs> they weren't in the room. <laughs> you're satisfied. <laughs> That's the ob- but. Uh, <laughs> it- You know, and then when you
0: get your own house or your own car, right, you're paying for it, you take a different level of care of it. And it's the same kind of thing that you edit yourself and pretty soon you are your own problem and you have to clean up your own messes. Hmm. And so you learn habits to make yourself easier to deal with.
1: We've uh, So you're, you're working on getting Skies of Glass to eventual public consumption. And Wayne's working on Game Notes and doing a lot of work with you behind the scenes in VC to do uh, Skies of Glass product. I'm trying to get my interview podcasts, you know, just really, I just want your adoration thing off the ground. Hmm. When's our next RPG, Chad? I'm not working on anything right now. I'm working on my body. Oh, and your body is... I mean, it's toy. Labor Day, man, I'm going to hit my record. 400-pound squat. That's two of me. Mm-hmm. Actually, at this point, it's just over two of me. But <laughs> Yeah, you lost a lot of weight. You look great. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I've been trying to do those crunches. Mm-hmm. I've been... Looks great. That's the thing. That. No, I'm totally. you well, can see it now. No, no, no. no I'm totally sure. I'm totally, totally serious. My, Brother, my, this is not a negative
0: episode. Now, I, you know what. This is not a negative episode. If this is something you
1: really need to
0: regret, this
1: phrase no.
2: but flesh
0: out
1: <laughs> we, we do that in a I'm negative just, episode I'm, I'm, okay fine here's all i'm saying is that it's been really good for my knees mm-hmm. it's been really good for my back yep and and my, that's all that's and, it. <laughs> that, that's and, all it that has improved and <laughs> point <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the muscles don't work that way but we're not going to <laughs> debate this so the topic for today is we're doing a follow-up on episode 550 We were unable to do it for episode 551 because I think it was Wayne was out. Mm -hmm. And so we had Laura (laughs) filling in for him. She wouldn't shut up about injustice. (laughs) But so in episode 550, we talked about, we started talking about running a command structure in games, but we focused more specifically on structures such as a bridge crew in games like Traveler, Star Trek, Battletech, etc. And even within that, we focus very heavily on the role of the captain. And so this episode, we're going to come back and hit a bunch of other angles, including groups that aren't a bridge crew, other ways in which the roles start to matter, so on and so forth. Let's pick up with one that Wayne threw out near the end of the episode and I told him to put on ice so we're going to thaw it out now which is is there a virtue to not having the role set at the start of the game because of the fact that you have not had a chance to play your character yet and so you don't have a sense of exactly what his or her voice or niche is and I've got very split feelings on this but yeah
2: i suggested something like you know that the captain is going to die within the first couple Mm. sessions but everybody gets to know their character and then some amount of bridge crew is going to be killed and you guys are going to be the next ones promoted up and at that point decide who gets captain Mm -hmm. because then you know the characters and you know what their personalities are Because some people really don't know their character until they've sat down and played for a few sessions. I think my one concern, because I, I like it to a large degree,
0: in that it gives you a chance, like you said, to play the character, to find their voice, and by extension to figure out where they best fit into the scheme of things, to let a sort of emergent order appear, but I think the only thing that I would struggle with in that, and this depends on the game, and I, and I can even think of some solutions for this outside of pick a different game, is the characters may be statted a particular way. For example, in the Star Trek RPG that I prefer, the old FASA one, being a commander or a captain requires specific skills, and there is a specific uh, school you go to in Starfleet that preps you to be a captain, and so you can't just feel out, and it's not just captain, forget just captain. If you want to be the helmsman, there is a specific set of skills and a specific school that you go to for that. If you want to be a redshirt, there is a specific set of skills and a specific school you go to for that, and so just kind of feeling out where you fit in in that game
2: doesn't work, Or, I think it could be difficult to be made to work. I could see that. When we were talking about the bridge crew, most of the people on the bridge crew are in some level of command. Sure. You know, they already have to have have the department heads.
0: Yeah. Right, right. But if we don't know who the captain's going to be, then by extension, we don't know who at least one role is going to be either. Right. So, because if we have a helmsman, a doctor, a security chief, and a chief engineer, and one of them is going to be the captain. Well, then now we have one role where we don't know who's going to fill that role, or maybe you have two helmsmen, and what if it's neither of them that ends up becoming the captain? But I think they're, one of the ways I would suggest getting around that or working with that, I mean, first of all, in some systems it's not going to matter as much. The skills may not be that granular, Or it could be a different scenario. Let's move away from bridge crews. And let's say you're playing a game where you're a group of survivors that survived a 737 crash. And you're just out in the middle of the Canadian wilderness and you have to survive for X amount of time until you get rescued or until some and all you have is canadian bacon and no one's eating it and canadian huh. money and no one's taking it right <laughs> or you you know you just maybe that's not your know, rescue maybe some weird i don't know jj abrams mm-hmm. or christopher nolan plot where you're not actually I don't,
1: so we, have, we have lens flares and nothing makes sense
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know the, the whole order has to emerge and so it kind of makes sense that no one's really skilled correctly for the role. Or going back to Star Trek, Star Trek, like Traveler, has these life phases as you create your character. And it's a little bit more ordered and a little bit less sophisticated than what Traveler does. But you could say, we're going to have a game where everyone is still a cadet. You are all on your cadet cruise, and you've only been through the basic Starfleet Academy. No one's been through a branch school yet. You know, maybe you've picked some electives that imply this is what you want to mm-hmm. do, but you've not bought all the way down the skill tree yet. Like a zero level session. Yeah. Right? And so sort of
1: like a, a dungeon crawl classic. So if you yeah, want to be but- if
0: you want to get in command, then maybe you have some points in administration or leadership or something like that. Right. If you want to be the Helmsman, maybe you have a few points in Starship Helm. But, at but the you're end, not guaranteed it. But you're not guaranteed yeah. it. And at the end of that game, then now we see, okay, after this prequel game or series this, of games... This aptitude yeah. scenario in the holiday. Now it's like, okay, now we're all going to actually go to from this cadet cruise onto our actual branch schools that will now fit the roles that we've discovered our characters are most likely to fill.
2: I'm learning to like those. Cause we did that in the first arc of the skies of glass game. We did it in the second arc, but the second arc we didn't do as big of a time jump. Mm-hmm. The first arc we did that where we were all on the boat. We went out on air one mission and then the boat got sunk and burnt and, then it's, what, four years five later, years, yeah. five, five years, years later? later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a kick-ass way to
1: do it in Star Trek, for sure.
0: So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that would give you the chance. And on top of that, I guess it makes a cool character story because you've got those point point in Helm, but you ended up in Engineering, and that's now part of your character story. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to do this and I spent time in it, but it just wasn't for me or it didn't work out or I didn't get that chance I wanted.
2: Yeah. And all the characters have a shared adventure now. Or maybe... You got really
3: lucky and you were at the right place at the right time. And now you're in command, but you are an engineer. You want to work with machines, but there's too much prestige. There's too much whatever on the line. And you just can't say, no, I I don't want this starship anymore. Just put me in the engine room. Uh, That's an interesting story. That's an interesting development. And I think it helps this question that we have here of,
1: yeah, you can pick a job. But you are not your job and your job is not you. Well, and your your rank is not your power dynamic either. I mean, for example, and again, I've never served a day in the military. So I'm just talking out of my ass and and, and telling you, you know, third hand stories. But there is a very common, from what I understand, power dynamic between a new like a very fresh out of officer candidate school lieutenant And a grizzled sergeant, you know, a a gunnery sergeant, somebody who's been an NCO, who's a lifer, who's done this for a long time, even though the lieutenant outranks the sergeant, the sergeant is really the person everyone's Mm. leaning on, the person in charge, right? So you and I, we can play characters, Wayne. You could be the grizzled sergeant. I can be the the wet-behind-the-ears LT. I still am in charge, uh, right, Technically, but you and I we don't know our characters yet and we're still figuring Mm -hmm. out our power dynamic, but I may find myself deferring a lot to you because even though I found through circumstance of birth and education and wealth that I'm in charge, I don't have the XP or just the natural aptitude to be in charge.
2: Especially if flies are online. Mm -hmm. Right.
3: Right. I know when I think of a game like this, be it like a Star Trek your bridge crew traveler or whatever, where where the roles and again I want to reiterate, you are not your job and your job is not you. You may be like really into your job and it may say a lot about you, but ultimately that's just a facet of your life. Sure. And what I like about games like this, like a military game or a game where there are specific roles, I'm not talking D&D either, where it's like, okay, somebody's got to be the healer and somebody's got to be the tank. I'm talking like social roles, ranks, a hierarchy sort of thing. What I like about that is that going into it, there's a framework. You know where things slot and where things fit. And while that sounds limiting, oh, well, how can my character grow and expand and stuff? It is those sorts of limits that compress a character, challenge a character, hold back a character, motivate a character. It's those pressures of that hierarchy and that structure that make the characters interesting. It is the problems and the twists and the interesting stuff that help motivate a good character. And when I sit down to these kind of games, I really enjoy the conversation, even though I'm never the captain, I really enjoy the conversations of who is going to be what. Like, again, let's take Star Trek because it's such an easy example of, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be helm and I'm going to be, you know, the security officer and I'm going to be communication. It's like, well, do you really want to be helm? I mean, does anybody want to be helm? You don't decide where to go. You don't even decide how fast you go. You just press the button.
1: Well, no, yeah, I make want to it be. Go. I want to be like that dude from the Orville that was in the movie Critters, right? Like, <laughs> I, I want to. I mean, I want to thread the f- needle. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want, but I guess I don't want to play Star Trek. I want to play something fun, but. <laughs> oh, wow.
3: And he <laughs> on Black Company earlier, too. I, like, he's going to get some emails <laughs> yeah.
1: But again, as long as those emails are accompanied by a download, they <laughs> send you send me whatever the f you want. <laughs> but you see, there, too, that's
3: why I think that these structured teams work really well, is because to me, the helmsman, that is the dumbest station because I can't think of anything. I press the button. Sure, I have an interesting character, great background.
1: Yeah, f- Still, off, man, give me the stick. Yeah, give me a heads up display. Oh. Give me the stick. Let me fucking fly this bird. That is passion. That yeah. is interest. That is bow. Oh, it's right there. It's right there.
3: Character's made. It's yeah. great.
2: You know, every helmsman I can think of that I've seen in a yeah. game where they have that passion, it's never for the being the helmsman of the ship. They always have like their own little ship that they can <laughs> yeah. fly out
0: there. I was gonna say it's when you have to fly the shuttle craft. Yeah. That now suddenly you're much more hands-on. Uh, see, I would
1: I would be addicted to the to the because I would just be going every time mm-hmm. I had a moment off, I would just be flying in F-18s and then ejecting <laughs> and jacking off. I would just be floating, just sowing seed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow huh. cleaning the holodeck has to be the worst job ever uh, it's oddly I don't specific. think they
0: do I have, a, I have a theory on that because it requires base matter to mm-hmm. do so I have always just kind of imagined that it just collects that I mean, forget even uh, Brodor doing that. But mm-hmm. I mean, just like any hair you shed in there, or any, sk- mm-hmm. any skin you shed, or whatever. Or
1: the fiendish AI geneticist that is just harvesting all of that DNA. All of the just gallons and gallons of material. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to move on topics before Brodor develops this one too much. Um, yeah, I, I think, though, to close this one out, that... <laughs> The (laughs) rapidly, (laughs) rapidly that ending up in the job you wanted or not getting the job you wanted and having some feeling about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it builds both character depth and also a story there. And see, and that
3: I guess I don't get the why wait to pick the job sort of thing. Because the argument I'm hearing is well, it takes me several sessions to play my character, get a feel
2: for him. Great. That has nothing to do with your job. No, I mean, I guess it doesn't. But the idea being, if you have a group of people and you don't know who is going to be a better leader to be in the command job.
1: Yeah. And I don't
2: think a better leader necessarily makes for a better story.
1: Yeah, right. Does it matter? Because in life, these outcomes are foisted upon you just by circumstance, right? You have to the the role that you are dealt, right? So, I'm in charge because I'm the lieutenant that was available at this time, right? Yeah. You're the head NCO because you're the head NCO of that f-ing platoon, right? And these new guys just mm-hmm. got assigned and suck it. That's what it is, and we might not get along ever. And I'm this the is... I'm the surly helmsman who does not
3: want to thread the needle. I hate my job because I just press a button. Yeah, you're some f-ing George <laughs> Jetson rejects
1: sitting there with that hot <laughs> ass daughter. Oh, eat up, or aha, mm. huh?
2: I think I'll I'll always think differently than a lot of you guys around it because I'm not a fan of command structures in games. Right. Never have been. Well, and I don't want a command structure in every single game I play. Actually, I don't want them in the
3: majority of the games I play. I look at our weekend game. We're playing a supers game and there's three superheroes and we're a superhero team and we have like some sort of associate NPC heroes too. And there is a loose structure. My character is completely built based around being
2: the leader and he is not there (laughs) is a mechanic in the game when everybody this is masks Mm -hmm. when everybody goes into a combat one of the first things you do is you tell everyone close your eyes and point to who the leader is yeah we have never had a consensus on leader right if you do you get bonuses in the combat and and if they point at my character they get additional bonuses based on
3: the mechanics of my my character but we've but never had all of never... them agree who the leader and is, it's and i love great. it Great, no it's is wonderful it, is it an out of character bit it's or... an out of character bit that you play in character i gotcha yeah okay where if let's say everybody pointed at me which would never happen right because you're the right choice right yeah well i'm the right choice and i'm also mechanically mechanically yeah yeah and if they would point at me it's just like okay On the meta level, my character's the leader. Now, I have to play it, at least for a little bit, that I am leading and that you guys are like, okay, Brodor, use your heat beam to melt a hole in that wall. Wayne, you know, use your hacking skills to take out the security system. And It doesn't have to stay that way, obviously, but that's kind of the implication. Hmm. Wayne, I'm going to
0: make a somewhat counter argument to what you just said. Now, I personally don't have a problem with command structures, mm-hmm. but that's not actually the exact point I'm going to make. Because I want to tackle this from a different angle, which is I think that command structures are present in every game you play anyway. Human beings organize. Let's go back to the example that we gave earlier of we're playing a group of survivors from a Boeing 737 crash out in the middle of the Canadian wilderness someone who has the strongest personality, the biggest presence, maybe either has or at least claims to have the most relevant skills, that person's going to end up... I mean, maybe they don't have codified authority. Maybe technically no one's in charge out here. That's the difference. But but they're effectively in charge. There's
2: a huge difference between somebody stepping up, showing leadership, and everyone choosing to follow versus this is the person that is in command and has authority over these people and maybe the command structure goes a couple deeper things. you're talking about like a chain of command yes not
3: leaders and followers well, and there's nothing wrong with a leader and there's nothing wrong with the follower. i think this that example
0: also gives a somewhat of a counterpoint to what chad was saying though not totally which is this is a situation where in character and out of character both the group is going to want the right person for the right job if they're going to appoint somebody to say, okay, you have to go out there and keep the wolf pack at bay, they're not going to send Granny to do it. And the fact that Granny's out there writing blog posts about <laughs> how bad her arthritis is and how much she hates this job, that's not character development. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. Now, in the example Star Trek, you enrolled in engineering school and got kicked out of engineering school and ended up in home school then, okay, that, that's a sort of a different story and a different opportunity. And maybe being the wrong person for that job, it's a possible story. But, you know, if you have something, once again, like a survivor-type situation, someone who is just horribly wrong for a job, I mean, if you have to build shelter and collect food, and there happens to be one person in there who's a big camper and hiker and pseudo-survivalist, Well, you're going to pick that person. You're not going to look at the person who's the band teacher and say, you know what? You should do that. You figure out how to trap and cut up a bear.
2: Well, that's the thing. When you look at like survivors, I look at why do you need a leader for survivors? If you have a group of people and each group, each one has their own skills, then they're in charge in that area.
0: Because we're human and within groups of humans, alphas emerge. I mean, that's just how it is, is somebody's going to start saying, okay, we need to do this. It's what's happening in our Skies of Glass game right now. In the A game, there were specific leaders. There wasn't a detailed was command structure. Yeah. yeah, but there was a captain of the ship, which started as Pops, then got passed to Joe, Joe and then from Joe somehow ended up with Amelie. <laughs> but in the current one, there isn't. You're a group of convicts. Yet, how many situations have ended with a great Gill compromise? <laughs> which, even though the plan usually came from Marlene, <laughs> yeah. right? But they end with a great... Well, why does that happen? Well, because Chad's got an alpha personality. So he speaks loudly. He speaks definitively. He steps up and he just sort of runs everyone into a direction. And some people find that very abrasive. But nonetheless, that's the reality of human yeah. interaction. It gets... But- done yeah. But yeah. you that's have, why it matters you could yeah. have
2: two people in the group that are like that and both getting things done you could have someone like that and then everyone else just steps up and says no in this case you're wrong if it's a case of we've agreed to follow him because he's are not even agreed never spoke of mm-hmm. it just people follow him because he has that personality and suddenly everyone says no that's an option that's on the table
0: yeah mm-hmm. and i guess what also depends on exactly what the story is well in i was our, even
3: gonna say i mean therein lies the story too Yeah, because like in our skies of glass game yeah gill leads and out of character i keep telling the guys at least up into the point where we're at now you guys need to call gill out and not follow him he's i am playing gill is a wreck gill is a mess mm-hmm. but like brodor said he's getting things done and it's better to
2: have a plan even if it's a bad one than no plan bad
1: decisions better than no decision well well, and there are
2: a lot of characters doing things that he wouldn't agree with that are just going out there and doing them
0: yeah and i think it depends upon the the scenario in the game
2: yeah i look at a survivor scenario and i say you you kind of break the people up you know one person is a really good hunter they're going to be the one in charge of hunting and if anything about hunting comes up they're the one everyone defers to Hmm. you've got somebody that knows farming You're going to defer to that person on farming. And I agree, actually, with both of you, not to play the the center view
3: of it, but I think back to Star Trek and the hierarchy, right? When you play a game like Star Trek, I mean, obviously, you can play whatever you want within Star Trek, but if you're going off the shows, you're playing department heads. You're not playing a helmsman. You're playing the helmsman, right? You're not playing an engineer. You're playing the engineer who has people under him and if you go back to our previous episode on this topic, when you have the leader, the leader is not in engineering saying, press that button, turn that dial, build this thing, and then running up to the helm and saying, do this, do this, do this. The hierarchy is there, but there is so much freedom because properly done, the captain should just say, you know what? I want to get to this planet. We have to talk to the Klingons, not start a war. Yeah. This guy needs to not get a space STD and... Make it so. Make it so. Yeah. And well,
0: I certainly agree with that. If for no other reason, then I think if you have someone that's micromanaging the game, mm. they're making the game profoundly unfun for everyone else.
2: Yeah. And and there's a story in that. There is a yeah. story. A
3: temporary
0: story. Yeah. Maybe a very <laughs> brief story. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, and
2: have, I will fully acknowledge where this comes from for me with gaming. I'm looking back at every game I've ever been in for a campaign and everyone that has had a. Codified structure chain of command. I can't think of a single strong leader that was in the captain role Mm -hmm. yet. When it's never the captain, when it's just (laughs) the characters together and they've a leader develops, it has always worked better in every game I've been in. That doesn't mean that's always the case, I Mm -hmm. know that's not always the case, but that's why I have that Mm -hmm. personal bias about it is that I have never been in a game where the command structure. Actually, work well, and your personal preference for genre fiction is not military sci fi or
3: fantasy, right? Y- you don't care for that, which is totally legit. That's absolutely cool. So,
2: you are not predisposed to getting into that sort of thing, yeah. And so, it's my bias is coming to it, and I know that entirely. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you admit that, and you're willing to work within it, yeah. And
3: we all know this. And we all know what we like and dislike, and we all find the story there. See, because that's the point, is not figuring out who the captain is. Because it's not building the optimal team with the right person doing the right thing. That is all the framework, the structure, and the setting. It is finding the story within that. Yeah, well, and going... Does, Does Dan want to play a micromanager captain? Well, maybe he has a good idea for that. But like we said a few minutes ago, that's a really great short story yeah let's
0: talk (laughs) about micromanaging just for a moment because it's a topic we've hit several times and i want to give it its own space here a leader who is trying to not simply have authority not to lead but to control every aspect of what's going on i mean one that isn't plausible you can't Mm -hmm. be in every place at the same time you cannot dictate exactly what everyone should do, what everyone should think. It's not really, I think, even just in terms of the economy of time, a realistic thing to do. And as Wayne said, look, I don't care if it's structured command or not. If it's the emergent command of the crash 737, then people may simply say, screw you, we're not doing what you want. You want me as the hunter to go out and kill this thing, but I'm telling you the nearby wolf pack is a bigger threat. I'm not spending the bullets Hmm. to go shoot a deer when we're going to have wolves attacking us tonight. Even in a structured military command, mutiny on the bounty ring any bells? (laughs) I mean, mutiny stories or the captain being sort of written up or reported to a
2: higher level of command for reprimand and review? I've known people that hated the military structure in games enough that they always played the medical officer because the medical officer is the one in Star Trek that can relieve a captain of duty. Yeah. So no matter what, they were the one in the end that had all of the power. Yeah, no, you're
1: right. I've been in some unhealthy game groups. (laughs) I've never
0: gamed
2: with those people, but I know those people.
0: Another thing that I want to say about micromanaging is this is not something that just pops up in character. When we talk to people about their gaming horror stories about the really bad toxic evil sort of gamers that they've interacted with one of the common or pro- I think possibly the single most common complaint I have heard is somebody who will not let anyone else play their character where I mean f- forget what the game is it doesn't matter let's just go with d d there's no command structure here it's a group of adventurers your murder hobos and whether it's with a new player and they think they're being helpful, but in truth, they're not letting this person learn or discover or grow. They are dictating every action to them, you know, or it's just the condescension of they have a strategy that they think is the best way to go. And so they're going to tell everybody on their turn what they need. You need to cast this spell and you need to be standing here and swing your weapon at this enemy and either, socially overpower somebody to the point that they allow that or berate and condescend and insult to the point that even if the person does or doesn't comply either way, they're not having fun. And I've talked to so many people where it took them two and three tries to actually enjoy the hobby of gaming because this was their experience Mm -hmm. of these overbearing jackasses. And so I think it's something you don't just have to worry about doing in character but you also have to watch for people doing out of character as
2: well i've seen that at the table when i ran the D adventure leagues for new players a lot sometimes they would be brought by someone else and the other person was trying so hard to help them that they weren't letting them actually play and that was something i would kind of look out for and mm-hmm. make sure they had that spotlight and opportunity to do things themselves without somebody doing that to them you know, what I find interesting is everyone talks about this for the captain and sometimes maybe in the first officer. Nobody talks about it for the other roles. I'm thinking like engineer. I don't want somebody that can't speak tech talk <laughs> in the engineer role. Or fake tech talk. Fake tech yeah. talk. Yeah. Unless that's part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like I look at Firefly. Kaylee is a great engineer who frequently doesn't speak in tech talk. hmm that is part of her story. Yeah, she's like a green thumb talking to plants, right? She just has a passion for the machine. Exactly. But if the person is, say, in Starfleet and they are supposed to know the roles, I don't want somebody that can't talk fake Babble.
1: Now, does that boil down to charisma, to personality in the real world? Do you think that generally we don't discuss... Weapons ops or mechanic or what have you or engineer, because those don't require a presence of personality, but
2: captain and first officer do. I think it's because it's command. You don't look at those others as a command thing you want to make sure you have the right person in command because you're giving them authority. Right. Well, I, I, I don't
1: Yeah, but I don't, I don't think about, when I think about, well, Dan should be the, the healer, like you guys talked about in 550, Dan should be the healer because he's got a good head for being the healer. But if the mechanics don't matter, are we ever talking about Dan playing the medic, right? Are we mm-hmm. only talking about Dan and Chad as captain and first officer because they have those alpha gamer personality. Well, and I think just looking at this in general, you guys are right
0: that there is a hyper focus on the command roles to the exclusion of any concern about whether you've got the right person or the right character for the other roles. And so broader to your point and by extension to Wayne's point, you know, yeah, we maybe don't talk enough about who ought to be the medic or the doctor or the healer or whatever because we're so hyper-focused on who's going to make the best captain, is the captain going to destroy the fun of my game, is the captain this, is the captain that, and in the process, we just kind of don't care about the other roles, though when it comes time to make the decisions and to roll the dice, once again, it's not necessarily the captain that's doing it. You know, if we have our crash 737 and you manage to recover from the wreck, one person who's headed on a hunting trip, and there's a rifle and a box of 20 rounds. When they go out on their own, and let's say there's the alpha businessman who just sort of took control by personality. Yeah, you
1: shoot that guy first, right? He oh. used the first sign of cocaine. There are a lot of, of guns on airplane.
0: <laughs> no, I'm almost them one. Just yeah. one.
3: Like I said, there's a lot of guns on this airplane. <laughs> well, it not a,
0: I've been on many flights where I've seen gun, multiple guns coming off the carousel. But even if there's just one, right? let's just say there's just one. And you give that to the guy who's the camper and the hunter and whatever. When they go out and they see there's elk over here, but there's a wolf pack over there that's starting to take an interest in the plane crash, what they choose to shoot at it's not the decision of the Cokehead stock guy, you know, who's back at the plane site. You know, somebody I know, that guy's got all the cocaine though. Well, he does, <laughs> but somebody still has to make that decision and he may be so coked up he thinks he's making all the calls, <laughs> but that's not, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street back there is not actually running the show in a way that matters.
2: I've never thought about it, but when you're looking at like these roles, if I have somebody in a game that's a character that's going to be a Tinker character. I want someone creative who can come up with really interesting things to have their Tinkerer build I, to make a better well, story. I disagree. I want, for any
3: role, Tinkerer, Medic, Captain, Commander, whatever, I want what Brodor did for the Navigator, or the Helmsman, I'm sorry. If I'm sitting there as a game master, I don't care if this is a military campaign, I don't care if it's the crashed you know airplane thing, I don't care if it's Star Trek or whatever, I want someone like Brodor to sit there and go navigator that's not just or helmsman that's just not pressing buttons I mean I'm gonna thread that needle man with passion
2: yeah as a game master that's what I want I want the only problem is when there I was... will counter that Pat had a lot of passion for being a wizard he only cast damn mist form I don't want Pat as a wizard because he's going <laughs> to do the same spell over and over again okay. I mean spoiler alert Pat's dead
1: he's <laughs> a uh, he's a necromancer <laughs> <laughs> He's dead,
3: and he's a wizard.
2: So <laughs> well, he's mean, got your bolt, and, and see what happens when you piss me off with doing the same spell over and over again. Yeah, because Wayne
1: you gave him cancer. No, because well, of Wayne's a ginger.
0: The, his he's a spiritual void. He absorbed his life force mm-hmm. little by little. His rage absorbed his life force. Uh, this is why I have to pray as much as I do. <laughs> is I can't annoy Wayne and stay alive without the spirit
2: of God dwelling within Evoque me. Along the same lines, yeah. we knew of this is him as a person. Mm-hmm. And we're just using Pat as an example, because yeah. I started it. Yeah. Pat is an engineer. He thinks very logically. Mm-hmm. He thought in pieces and puzzles. And unlike Pat, I sprinkle brick dust and salt
0: over my doorstep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he also was someone who would hoard magic spells he's not going to cast yeah. his higher level spells because he might need them later something like that we never talked about it when picking roles for things but if we're looking for the best story we talk about who's going to be the leader we don't talk about who's going to be the wizard or yeah. who's going to be the engineer yeah or something. well because i
0: mean we talked about in 550 why while it's so attractive the reluctant quiet captain is a Profoundly bad idea, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think there's an interesting question here. So and so
3: gets to be captain because everyone wants it except them. And again, it it always it bombs out. Yeah. Well, and to reiterate what we said on there, the whole reason everybody has the quiet person be the captain is because everybody doesn't want to be bossed around.
0: Well, or I think there's sometimes even a much more benevolent desire of they want to see this person drawn out and, you know, have fun with them in this command role and see them. It never works. Yeah,
3: but it never works. It just plain doesn't work. But, and I think that gets back to the passion thing. If the quiet person has a good idea and in their own way has some passion about a leadership character, game master, I'm willing to work with that. Now I might bring up some concerns like, well, you're not a very loud, outspoken character. If they can sell me on the character, that's fine. It is all about who really wants what. Yeah. We we have played with people who really want to be the engineer. Like you said, Pat always plays a wizard, always friggin plays a wizard. He never casts his spells. But you know what? He had a passion for it. He had interesting characters. Mm-hmm. They had really great moments. He never cast a goddamn spell except in <laughs> yep. friggin' missed form. But I don't
2: care about any of that. <laughs> I really don't. And, right. and We never would have said to him, you're not a fit for that role. Yeah, we never would have talked about that role. Well, we only talk about the leader. If we wind
0: this back a little bit and kind of, you know, zoom out the camera, there's a truth of human socialization which is on paper every human being would tell you. They want the right person in the right role. You know, if there's a job, they want the best person right. for it. If you're going in for a surgery, you want the best surgeon there. Mm-hmm. Wh- whoever's taking care of you in the room, you want the best nurse the hospital has. That's why to Lincoln offer, died. Among other reasons, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he did die. Actually- I just assumed it was the bullet no, to the so, head.
3: Well, no, well, so the bullet didn't kill him. And so they, they had the got, young doctors. Being well, so yeah. they have the young doctors come in who have who are up on the, at the time, the most advanced medical practices. If you look at those medical practices that those younger doctors knew Lincoln could have been saved. Now he would have been an invalid and there would have been all pro- problems, but he would have lived. He wouldn't have been president. Probably wouldn't have been able to speak, but he would have lived. They brought in the surgeon general, his political post. He was a real doctor and he was an old ass man. And his medical training stopped years ago when he stopped practicing medicine, got into politics. And he, he was like one step above bleeding and leeches. And, Well, I won't get into the gory details of what happened, but basically this guy killed Lincoln.
0: Yeah, unintentionally. Unintentionally. Unintentionally, but yeah, he finished the job. That.
1: I don't know what my
3: point is with that.
1: Well, okay, but... what's <laughs> well, that we should purge well, the elderly. Well, I, <laughs> it, really is, it really is about wow. that Logan's run <laughs> is a bridge too far, but there is a Aren't reason... are we kind of doing that right now? There isn't. There, uh, well, do not give me. Wouldn't all of our gyms like be flashing red? Gemi started on conspiracy red, theories, <laughs> dude, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, Gable if I can get this
0: back under control just a little bit. <laughs> Before this turns into mine boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The
1: I did not say the I, H word. I'm not
2: saying anything. I, I just, just like went. how you could poke Broder an Outcomes Conspiracy Theory. Yeah, uh,
1: or you, you walk past him. <laughs> the wind shifts. All right, yeah. but... I'm just telling you that a lot of old people got all killed of, in, for, on purpose in New York. That's all I'm saying.
0: All of us have been in situations, and I don't care where it's at. I don't care if it's at work. I don't care if it's in social club, I don't care if it's in whatever, your church, your bowling team. We've all seen situations where the wrong person ended up in a job. That's a reality of how life works. But at least the intended goal from the outset was to put the right person there. Somebody, now maybe mistakenly, But somebody believed that when they were assembling this team, they were putting the proper personalities and skill sets in those roles. When I interviewed at the bank, our boss did not interview me and say, you know what, Dan's a great programmer and all this stuff, so we're going to make him the head of customer service, because that's <laughs> going to make a really interesting work day.
3: That's <laughs> going to be an interesting story.
0: Yeah. And it would be an interesting so, story. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> but that's not how, you know, they yeah. they were looking for a programmer, so they looked for somebody who had the personality, who had the skills, who had the work experience of a programmer. All right. I'd like to think I'm a good fit. Ultimately, that's somebody else's job to determine. But the point is, I can look at everyone I work with and I would say that most people there are at least a generally good fit for the job they have. Now, there are a few people that are wildly out of their depth they're out of their element, but that's the exception. And so I think there is a certain amount of fairness going back, way back to what Wayne was saying about giving this kind of thought to other jobs of saying both in terms of the player and the character, do we have the person who was going to make the best engineer as the ship's mechanic. And I am not so rigid in that. I, I'm not some, I don't know, min-maxing metagamer. And Chad, I do see the validity of what you're saying that sometimes somebody being in a job they're really not cut out for, or they don't quite like, or they're not yet ready for, you know, maybe they have to kind of grow into that role makes for a great story. But I don't, I certainly, and I'm not saying you were doing this, but I just want to make the point that I personally would not use that as a dogma Mm. of we're going to do this like just tiles in a bag of when you reach in, oops, looks like you got the medic. Never mind that you wanted to be the engineer. You're going to be the medic anyway, and you're going to suck at it, and that's going to be a great story. And by the way, everyone's going to suck at everything they're doing, and this isn't a comedy game. (laughs) <laughs> you know, if this was Lasers and Feelings, that'd be hilarious. But no, we're trying to run a serious game here of I don't know, like Delta Green or something like that. Mm. And we can't do it because there's this total shit show going on. And there's something else I want to talk about that Chad mentioned in a section that got cut in editing, so our <laughs> Patreon people What? Will, our Patreon <laughs> people will hear it. But you <laughs> That's guys a- there. The, the
2: rest of you guys are hearing it now for the first time. Yeah, chat was actually on the last episode. You wouldn't know it unless you had the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But wow, guys.
1: On 550, there's some chat. <laughs> <laughs> but one
0: of the things this that is Chad so rude. Was, was talking about is the lateral shifts or even vertical shifts that occur in the situation and the example you were giving was the movie Aliens. Mm. About, well,
3: you the, to... about this, well, the Space Marines, too. Yeah, the, uh, the, the second Aliens movie. I mean, it's all about a, a hierarchy, but it's about the ins and outs of the hierarchy, right? So you have the sergeant. As Dan was saying earlier, you know, he, he's the real leader. He's the guy who's really in charge. You have the lieutenant who's never done a drop before, real one. He's never been in combat before. He knows the rule book backwards and forwards and that's so he's not even on the ground with his and troops. He
0: ends up getting most of the group killed by yeah. giving off orders that the But he does shoot Burke. <laughs> I think he shoots Burke. That the, the sergeant enforces. Yeah.
3: Of you know, unloading the guns. Well the the, the neat thing about that situation, right? So you have a hierarchy I mean, this is Marines, right? right. This is You know, you have your specialists and your corporals. You have your privates. You have your sergeants. You have your lieutenants. You have orders from high command. You know, you have highly trained, but they're also like a. You got that
1: hot ass Vasquez with that smart
3: gun. Vasquez is Uh, actually the best character in the entire franchise. uh,
1: Okay, Vasquez, Vasquez.
3: Well, Vasquez is really neat because it illustrates she illustrates this point, right? So you have this rigidity, right? You have this. It's like, okay, these people are in command. These people are doing this jobs. These people are doing that. So what happens when the Marines start going through before they first encounter the aliens? You know, they're by the power cores or whatever, and then it's like, oh, well, if the straight shot's going to blow everybody up. It's like, okay, well, uh, turn in your, your ammunition. Everyone's like, what the, you know. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, on
0: a movie that was made, like, what, 1982 or yeah, something? Yeah,
3: I don't give a shit about spoilers for a movie that was made last week. So they start collecting all the ammunition, and the uh, smart guns, right, have these little electronic things, ba- basically like a little battery charge thing, yeah, 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 yeah. some kind it, of power receiver, yeah, rifles, sci-fi whatever. thing, yeah. And so, Component. look at what happens after. Yeah, that. there is a ordinate. Everybody's <sighs> grumbling. Everybody doesn't like. It. Everybody's expressing feelings. So Vasquez, yo, know, they the look. Oh, this is why she's the best character in the whole series, right? It's just like Vasquez is the pirate. She is a pirate. She doesn't give a shit about command and she's good at her job and she'll slit your throat. And the sergeant comes in, makes this horrible order brought down from lieutenant and she looks at him, smiles, hands over the thing. And then her buddy, <laughs> I don't even know if this guy has a name, right? He has like three lines. The other the smart thing. gun operator. Yeah. You know, the other smart gun operator. He's going to gets sprayed with acid later. And it's just their dynamic is awesome. And she looks at him. She just tilts her hand, her face doesn't change and her eyes look up at him and she pulls out another fuse and hands it to him and he says good old vasquez
1: yeah i got it like that that just boner inducing whimpery I, cry thing that just see, i don't know about the unleashed. sexual oh. aspect of that i'm not really good at that but <laughs> th- but that's
3: what i'm saying and then you have the the classic line of uh hicks i think it is or no yeah hicks pulls out the shotgun yeah yeah Yeah, he's he's like i keep this for close encounters great joke 80s aliens movie but it just shows that there is such a rigid chain of command an absolute impenetrable structure and that structure creates the story it creates the forces on the characters that motivate them that hold them back that crush them basically do bad and things and they to still them.
0: express themselves within that
3: it's like forcing something through a sieve you know it's like you you have a good character and you force through the sieve and it, it like changes and it's different
2: well but and it, also you, many,
0: you see some kind of lateral shifting because yeah. as now, char-
3: now that said i don't think aliens is like shakespeare or anything
0: right but, but, it, but, it, but it, it illustrates a really point, point. But, i have
2: no frame of reference i've never seen it
0: but you you get some <laughs> lateral shifting within the order because as people either die or fail mm-hmm. at their roles or
3: go into shell shock. Hey, Hicks, anybody ever mistake you for a man? Oh, no. no, no. Say, hey, Vasquez, hey, anybody hey, ever, ever mis- mistake you for a man? No, Hicks, anybody ever mistaken <laughs> no, you for a
1: man? have you? <laughs> have you ever been mistaken for a man? No, have, have you? you. Yeah. yeah.
3: And
0: they shift those roles and people start moving into roles they didn't originally have because the story just sort mm-hmm. of makes that happen you know in a star trek game you could have something like you're dealing with a biological threat or an entity or something like that and the medical staff gets wiped out but the science officer has the relevant skills in biology and so they kind of end up becoming the de facto ship's doctor and because the captain doesn't know anything about the situation They're still technically in charge, but they're
3: effectively deferring all command decisions to the science officer. Like in Aliens, though, the coolest thing about a command structure, super rigid, absolutely defined. Before we even start playing the game, everything is written on the character sheet and defined. The greatest thing about the command structure is what happens in Aliens. It disintegrates. Yeah. Like you said, people switch roles. Well, we got to do this. Like, well, the lieutenant has to tell to. Lieutenant is comatose. His entire team is dead. Right. Well, not you're not his... in command. I'm the guy with the gun. You know, it's, right? It's yeah. Well, and
0: also that is
3: the great story.
0: Once of they realize that the situation is what it is, who's really in charge anyway? Yeah, Ridley. Right. So you because look as she's actually the expert. You look at this as an RPG on paper, and if you know the person's playing the lieutenant would say, well, clearly I'm in charge, Mm -hmm. right? And he says that multiple times. Yeah, clearly that's the person in charge, and they're going to tell everyone what to do. If it's not the lieutenant, it's the guy playing the hard-ass sergeant. But the moment they get contact, and they realize she's the only person who knows what's going on, and she's right, suddenly Ridley is in command of basically everything, except the handful of technical tasks that have to fall to the android because he's the only one capable of making those actions, Who's? who's like it?
1: where he climbs the mm. the vents and such. Who's at their desk right now, pounding their cubicle, saying it's Ripley with a P? Oh, that's a Ridley? Ridley.
3: Ridley is
0: Metroid. Yeah. Well, it, it <laughs> is also it is also Ridley Scott. <laughs> Ridley he's Scott. Yeah. So I'm Which, sorry, which by the way, I
1: mean talk about a human being huge. Well, I did that. in got, a tiger cage. <laughs> I
0: did that wrong in the last episode, two or in five fifty, not the last episode, but in five fifty. Because I kept calling true dungeon real dungeon, yeah. I know, so I I put a note about that in the show notes.
1: It's just nice to know that you have an Achilles heel,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I do, but the yeah, yeah, you are correct. It is Ripley, not Ridley. I'm thinking the movie you know, by Ridley, Scott. it is Ridley Scott, but the character is Ripley Ellen. Was it Ellen or Eileen? Because there's both, so it's Ellen Ripley, it is. Oh, because in uh, they do a follow up with an Eileen Ripley, it's her daughter, but whatever. Okay, side story, but yeah, I think the aliens is a great example of. I mean, it kind of ties back to what Wayne was talking mm-hmm. about earlier about how sometimes you don't get what's
1: actually going to play out yeah. until you've taken the characters out for a spin. Well, and how many how many times at your place of employment have you been disappointed and even alarmed by the people who've been placed in positions of authority right i mean i mean i must imagine that this is true in other scientific and military structures that it's about who you know your sort of familial connections friend connections it's birthing you're right i mean i see it all the time well
0: in some places more than others in the corporate world, but I don't think my current place of employment is as egregious about this Mm. as some of the previous places I've worked. But oftentimes what horrifies me more is not who's in charge. And this ties back yet again to something Wayne was saying. It's who they assign to a task. Sometimes the fact that they put the wrong worker be, it's not the fact that the hospital administrators unqualified. It's the fact that the doctor doing the cuttings unqualified. And, you know, apply that to a technical job and you get the idea.
1: Right. But even then, someone had to make the decision to put that particular doctor in charge. And what's the dynamic of their relationship? Well,
0: what's the dynamic of the relationship everyone with them? I mean, people rightfully resent that, you know, not because they're jealous, but because they're concerned. Uh, So I
3: I was thinking about, like, command structures and stuff and about how, like, there's a really good story in having a command structure and the greatest story about a command structure is when it falls apart. And I think that's true, but I was thinking that the more the command structure falls apart, the shorter the game is, the less sustainable the game is. And I don't even mean like an alien. Especially if
0: you can't recover it.
3: Well, yeah, it's in like a game like aliens or not a game like the movie aliens. I mean, the whole thing completely disintegrated and almost no one made it out alive. That's a pretty extreme example of the hierarchy falling apart. You can have it fall apart in less ways and less so. But the more it fall, it's like this balancing act for the game master, right? The more it falls apart, the more interesting and moving the story is. The shorter the game is going to be because the group dynamic is splitting. The, sure. the band's breaking it, up. It
0: can be. I think it depends upon the group because... We saw that in the Skies of Glass game when the second ship's captain, Joe, got killed. Mm. And when you guys went back to the ship, there
3: was nobody, figuratively, at the helm. When Joe's character died, I spent the entire rest of the game thinking about making a new character. Because Joe was Lee's moral compass, Mm -hmm. and I did not think I would be able to continue to play Lee. Yeah, And
0: And and, you know
3: what? Lee went to some very bad places. There were conversations...
0: That, well, what would Joe do? Mm -hmm. Well, Joe's not here. He's dead. It doesn't matter what Joe would do. He had
2: an interesting confluence of characters that every one of them had a specific reason to refuse to be captain. Mm -hmm. You know, Lee was he had already been, Mm -hmm. you know, in St. Louis and he had all of that baggage, and he was the type of character that didn't want to make a decision. He wanted it to be on someone else's head. Philip from the beginning has been running from his responsibilities. He's not going to step up to be captain at that point. You know, it took the entire campaign for him to step up and start yeah. telling and people you, to he, do. It was he and wasn't you guys ready. Got
0: around it by making a non choice because the since you couldn't figure out who ought to be captain, we gave it to Emily. You gave it to Emily, and yet, despite the fact that Emily was getting increasingly loud and belligerent, who was actually the captain? Alejandro. Alejandro. The guy who actually knows, I mean, he's kind of like the sergeant. He is the head of the half dozen crewmen that run the ship who technically has no authority, but he's the one that knows how the boat works and how the river works and how to get it from one place to another. He knows the business better than anybody else does. And so while Amelie is ostensibly in charge and is walking around, you know, being obnoxious, Alejandro, who hardly even speaks is the one that's actually running the ship. Mm -hmm. And so it just sort of fell to an inevitability of, you know, the one person who had the closest skill set ended up with it. It's nature of a vacuum and so does human sociology. And so it just sort of filled itself. But I think we're going to wrap this one up. I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to command stuff at some point again in the future. But I think for now we've covered what we wanted to, both in the prior episode, 550, which was about specifically captains, and this one, which was more about group structure and roles in
3: general. <laughs> which, this one was was us really trying hard not to talk about the A lot captain. more about captains. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I think that says something more than yeah. what we said in two episodes.
0: That there is a hyperfixation on that role. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, a lot of stuff to think about in there and check the show notes for links to brodor
1: show and is the ap going to be on the same link at going for so the, the ap yes the ap will be on the same link i don't know when we're going to drop the first episode because i've been doing a lot all right. of so all your work. stuff all
0: your stuff that's not fear the boot can be found on going
1: everything yeah you should, anything if you anything brodor just go to my website i'm paying for a website so if you <laughs> want to con don't call my phone Should <laughs> just send me a comment through my website That'll, that's what we'll do <laughs> all right yeah and wayne i will do my game notes about multi-command because band of blades has a very deliberate multi-command phase of the game that you do and so that's what i'm going to discuss
2: for my game notes and wayne what is game notes real quick game notes is a weekly patreon exclusive podcast That has now been going since uh, March or so on episode, I believe I dropped 26 this week, maybe 27. And it has been consistent, no delays, every Monday, 9 a.m. since. Now, when I got to tell
1: you, is this for even the lowest of $1 backers? Nope, starts at the $5 level.
2: Alright, so So this is special premium inside content. stuff. This is yeah.
1: premium content. There are
2: a lot of episodes by me. There's been an episode by Dan. There's were two by Chad. One by Chris Hussey. Michael Matthews did one for me. Uh, Adam Gottfried. Adam and Laura did a drunken episode <laughs> for me that I refused to edit. Oh, right on. <laughs> I I don't know that I'd attempt. So. I'm going to do a sober
1: episode and a not sober episode. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Check the
0: show notes for links to all that. And otherwise, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you on the next one. Yeah. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to FearTheBoot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at FearTheBoot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.